Hello and welcome back to Twin Paradox. I'm King Everett Medlin, and what you're hearing is a sci-fi trilogy I wrote four years ago under the pseudonym Purple Hazel. Twin Paradox follows my first podcast series entitled Deathwalker Colony, which is now a full-length novel available for purchase on Amazon. Go online and check it out. It's on sale today in ebook format, as well as the first two books in the Rigel 12 series, The Rise of New Australia and Return of Anarchy. In this, the final episode of Season 2, Young Men Joe meets for the first time in 24 years his identical twin, Kwong Min. Seeing up close the world his brother exists in, wealthy, almost extravagant, Young Men's jealousy boils over, wishes he could somehow be a part of it. Be careful what you wish for, as they say, for Kwong Min most certainly does have a role for his twin brother to fulfill within Min Pharma Enterprises, assuming he can check his morals and ethics at the door, that is. A new drug is making its way out of Afghanistan. Government hasn't approved its use. Kwong Min Jo wants to start selling it immediately. The key to marketing it to a jaded consumer population? That's where Young Min Jo comes in. Twin Paradox is a sci-fi series encompassing three full-length novels, all of which will be read in their entirety during the coming weeks. You can go online and download the e-books, or if you prefer, tune in and listen to me read them to you. So let's continue. Ladies and gentlemen, Chapter 42, All In. Subsequently, the elevator came to a stop. Young men took a deep breath, psyching himself up for the big moment. Meanwhile, he heard the motors in the elevator activating the door-opening mechanism, and his heart raced with excitement. Soon enough, the panels began sliding apart, and he was now able to view the private world of Men Pharma's reclusive chief executive officer. Trance-like, he stepped off the elevator right behind Zero. Then together they entered the penthouse floor executive suite belonging to a person few people ever got to meet in person. Soon after, a man came in through a side door and entered the office. Young men recognized him immediately, even though the individual's gait was slightly different than his own. It was him, nevertheless, stocking feet wearing house slippers, charcoal gray slacks and white button-down shirt, studying young men carefully but smiling ear to ear nevertheless. Young men began to smile as well in response. The two hurried quickly across the floor to embrace each other, tears welling up in their eyes. Zero began to cry too, appreciating the dramatic moment and feeling joy in her heart for Kwong Min, the man she loved. An orphan just like herself, here he was being reunited with his only known relative. Yes, young Min Jo, his twin who'd traveled across space to an alien planet and returned after over two decades, was now right there in the flesh standing in his office. No wonder the two men were nearly blubbering. Zero felt tears running down her cheeks for the first time in many years. Oh my god, brother, muttered young men, his face pressed against Kwong Min's neck in a brotherly embrace. I'm back. I'm finally back. How are you, man? I mean, you look great. You're... God, I mean, look at all this stuff. You're like some tycoon or something. Teary-eyed Kwong Min was nevertheless humble about his present circumstances. No, no, they decorate all this for me. I just live here, that's all. 
Young men detected a strong Asian accent in the way Kuang men spoke. Perhaps this was the byproduct of having to switch back and forth from English to Mandarin so often. Apparently, Kuang men had had to learn other language besides English as part of his business dealings. In the orphanage, English was all they'd ever spoken. It's so good to see you after all this time, brother, added Kuang men. I've been searching for you many, many years, if you didn't know. Young men pulled back when he said this. Oh, really? he asked. How? Shit. Where? I haven't been on the same planet for 24 years. Where did you try looking for me? Recomposing himself, Kuang Min chuckled. Well, it was quite difficult. It only started to make sense to us when we heard the Nautilus was reported entering our solar system. After that, we sort of tied up all the loose ends. Our research showed fingerprint matches dried up shortly after they took you away from that hotel in Toronto. Trail petered out later in Florida. Very frustrating. Then Kuang Min seemed to wax philosophically. But I've got to say, you know, it very well could have been me, not you, on that ship just as easily. You remember? The two remained in a partial embrace, gripping each other by the forearms. Neither seemed to want to let go. Zero noticed this and remained silent as the two brothers continued their happy reunion. What do you mean? asked young men with furrowed eyebrows. All I remember is them putting me in that van and driving away. You were standing out there on the sidewalk waving to me, as I recall. But Kuang Min knew full well what he was talking about. Oh, so you have forgotten then, ha! He laughed. We were finalists, both of us. I made it to the final rounds with you, of the testing we went through. Remember testing at the orphanage and then going to the hotel for more rounds? It was just a few of us left in that group before we got split up. I never figure out why until recently. Ah, yeah, exclaimed young men, now dropping his hands to his sides. You're right, brother. They pulled me aside and told me I was coming with them, then lied and said you were going with a different family or something. Can't recall much after that. But I do remember when I was a kid on board Santa Maria that Lieutenant... Well, I mean, Ensign Kelvin, that is. He told me he'd wanted you for the mission, not me, and that those space program people overrode him. Man, I haven't thought about that in years. At this point, Zero finally spoke up. Well, that wasn't very nice of him to say, she said, chiming in. What a mean thing to say to a kid. This caused the two men to pull apart slightly. Huh? Young men started to say in reaction to the sudden interruption. Then he realized what she had just asked. Oh, Kelvin? Nah, he was just kidding around with me. Didn't mean any harm. It was a couple years after we took off for Planet B. I had just figured out how to override the food replication system, and folks in the mess hall were congratulating me. He gave me a pat on the back and said he was glad they had chosen me. Almost picked the other twin, that's all. Nah, Kelvin was a great guy. He's one of the ones I miss the most. Food replication system, huh? They had those back then? Asked Kuang Min, changing the subject, smiling derisively. Mm-mm. Those are bad for you. Not real food. I tell you what, how about we get you a nice home-cooked meal for once, huh? Authentic Korean food. Maybelline knows how to make japchae. I shipped in all the ingredients for it. Young Min gave the air a sniff, and his nostrils caught a whiff of sesame oil, soy sauce, garlic, and seafood, possibly shrimp, cooking in the apartment next door. Through an open doorway, he could see furnishings like that of a private residence. 
This, he figured, must be the home of his brother. And yes, the food smelled downright amazing. Yeah, Zero told me about it. What's that you call it? Jop Che? What does that mean? He asked. Kwong Min stood back and laughed, realizing his brother would have had no recollection of Asian cuisine growing up. The orphanage had nothing like that. Well, it's delicious, brother, he replied. Sweet potato starch noodles and stir-fried vegetables with beef, usually. Spinach, carrots, mushrooms, onions, and sesame seeds, too. Only we replace beef with shrimp. Much easier to acquire nowadays than steer meat. Cattle grazing is no longer practical these days. So, how about you get washed up for dinner, then I'll show you around, huh? Young men nodded agreeably. The idea of real food, freshly prepared ingredients no less, not made from dehydrated nuggets or frozen pellets for once, sounded quite intriguing. Wasn't sure how safe it might be. Nevertheless, he happily complied and followed Kuang Min into the apartment. Meanwhile, Zero reached over, slipped the strap of his duffel bag off his shoulder, and took it from him. I'll take this for you, young men. Go get comfortable, and I'll get your room ready for you. Young men had no objection to that, washing his hands with actual tap water and soap, which he could almost assume they had here, was something he thoroughly enjoyed doing since returning to Earth. Loved the sensations it gave him. Not as sanitary as the hygiene chambers on the Santa Maria, maybe, and far more wasteful, but so very pleasurable being able to wash his hands in a sink once again. He followed Kwong Min into the nearby apartment and was directed to an elaborate bathroom, right along with a real, genuine walk-in shower. He didn't even wait for an invitation. That was the first thing young men wanted to do, right then and there. Holy shit, brother! This is some place you got, and I know just what I'm going to do first. Have myself a shower, he stated, and Kwong Min didn't hesitate to accommodate him. Sure, be my guest, replied the business executive, hands on his hips trying to appear taller now that he was in the presence of his much younger-looking twin. Zero got a kick out of seeing him trying to pull his shoulders back and stand up straight for once. He usually walked and stood slightly stooped over for so many years hunkered over in front of a computer. I tell Maybelline to delay supper for half an hour. You just make yourself at home. Zero will bring some fresh clothes to wear. And when he said that, Zero darted past him and seemed to head right for the bedroom closet, without Kwong Min even telling her to. Young Min was impressed. Loyal, enthusiastic subordinates, sign of a good manager, seemed like his brother truly had it all. Only one question remained, though. Was he sleeping with her? Zero, that is. That would need to be revealed as soon as possible before Young Min dared making any moves. More than likely, they were. Young men couldn't imagine how they wouldn't be by now. Pretty Asian gal, working close by, 10 to 12 hours a day. His brother, the CEO of the company. Absolute authority over everyone working for him. Oh, he's got to be screwing her by now, he mused privately. Lucky guy. He almost wanted to ask Kwong Min if his lovely security chief could be persuaded to assist with his shower. Jokingly, of course. He wouldn't do it naturally, but it passed through his mind briefly as he stood there. The thought of her standing naked with him, hot water spraying on his bare shoulders, suddenly aroused him, and he felt a burning twinge between his legs. Good thing he's giving me half an hour, he thought to himself. He endeavored to make full use of this time alone to relieve himself of his urges, if only temporarily. 
Meanwhile, Kuang Min went into the kitchen, giving orders in Tongan for his cook to set a table for three. Ah, twenty-minute shower. God, it felt good. Soaping up his body from head to toe, standing under the shower nozzle and letting the hot water pelt his tired muscles, masturbating, then ejaculating into the water below as the steam filled the whole bathroom with an eerie mist. He enjoyed the experience immensely. When he exited the shower cubicle, he found a fresh set of clothes to wear. Meanwhile, he noticed that his military uniform had been removed. Shoes, socks, underwear, everything. Replaced with a brand new outfit to change into. Cotton briefs, brand new and still in their packaging. Cotton undershirt with a crew neck. White cotton athletic socks. And finally, a black jumpsuit which zipped up the middle. The jumpsuit had breast pockets and a collar with lapels. It was a single-piece outfit he could step into and pull up over his shoulders without having to fasten a belt around his middle. Quite comfortable after a long day in slacks. What's more, it fit perfectly. Likely it was Kwong Men's and he'd rarely ever worn it. Seemed like factory workers' coveralls, basically. Plus they had the Min Pharma Company logo embroidered on one pocket and interlocking letter P and letter M with a dash across the middle. Rather spiffy. But best of all, it was clean and smelled fragrant like it had just been laundered. This was something he was still getting used to back on Earth. Laundered clothing. Frankly, it was the most well-fitting outfit he'd ever worn. On the floor were some slippers he could slip his feet into. He finished toweling off his thick black hair and exited the bathroom, only to get yet another whiff of the delicious dinner being prepared. As he came out into the hallway, he could hear Kuang Min beckoning him from the dining area. All refreshed now? he asked. Young Min followed the sound of his twin's voice into the room, amazed at how it sounded exactly like his own. Feels great, yes. He hollered back, then shuffle-stepped into the room where Kuang Min and Zero were already seated. A short Pacific Islander-looking woman was bringing out platters of food, piled on top with colorful vegetables and steaming hot noodles. Kuang Min was pouring wine out of a bottle into a glass sitting in front of the only unoccupied place setting at the table. Come on in and sit down with us, brother. I bet you're hungry after that long flight from Frankfurt this morning, said Kuang Min with a smile. Young Min took a seat directly across from Zero and joined them. Kuang Min, of course, sat at the head of the table. Oh yeah, starving, Young Min replied. And I haven't had anything like this before, that's for sure. Dinner was scrumptious, so healthy and aromatic. The wine was a golden Chardonnay Kuang Min said he had imported from the North American district of California. Rich and flavorful, it complemented the meal wonderfully. As he ate, young men savored every bite, as though he had never tasted food before. So flavorful. It was like that first time he'd had a cheeseburger back at Disney Universe when he was a kid. He ate and ate until he was stuffed to the gills. Kuang Men happily served him a second and then a third helping, offered him another scoop too. But young men finally had to demure and admit he couldn't handle another bite. Then, when he had pushed his plate away and sat back in his chair with a deep sigh, Kuang Min did the same and gave him a good long look. Young Min suppressed a small belch, apologizing for being crude. <clears throat> Excuse me, he said sheepishly. That dinner was incredible, really. My compliments to the chef. He then patted his tummy and grinned contentedly. 
Kwong Min nodded proudly, and Zero chuckled, still sitting forward and holding her wine glass daintily like ladies often do, an arm bracing herself behind her plate, which was only half finished. Young Min noticed how Kwong Min hadn't finished his dinner either. You folks hardly touched yours, though. How come? asked Young Min. I can't believe it. That was fabulous. They both smiled happily. Apparently, this was something they were quite used to. Gourmet cuisine served in a swank apartment overlooking nearby Chinatown and the brightly lit skyline of Toronto off in the distance. Must be a regular thing for these people, he thought to himself. But in reality, they had merely been waiting on him to finish, didn't want to interrupt their guest and thus be impolite. Young men picked up on this and felt embarrassed that he had made such a pig of himself by eating three full plates of food. Oh, that was plenty for me, commented Kwong Min in response. Me too, added Zero, mirroring her boss's words. We're so glad you liked it, she then said. Kwong Min followed up her comment with, Not what you're accustomed to on board the Santa Maria, I take it. And when he said that, young men laughed derisively. Ha! <laughs> Not hardly, brother. Not anything like this up there in space. Everything was rationed, you know. Portions were dictated to us based on our height and weight, so we wouldn't overeat and get fat during the mission. Couldn't stuff ourselves, basically. Space program was extremely cautious about that sort of thing. Kwong Min grew more curious about his brother's experiences. Oh, really? Well, that's interesting. And by the way, just what exactly was your function on board the ship? We never learned that about you from the people we interviewed from Nautilus. Some said you worked in the, uh, garden center. Is that right? Young men's eyes widened when his brother said that. Uh, yeah. Hydroponic garden center. You got that right. Many years, actually. Then I got transferred to the pod monitoring lab during the return mission. Got me out of that filthy place so I could work with my friend Ozzy. He was in charge there. It got me away from all that bullshit going on back in the garden. I'm sure you heard about it in the news by now, haven't you? Kwong Min raised an eyebrow and cocked his head inquisitively. What, uh, you mean the marijuana they talked about in the media? He asked diplomatically. All the crewmen getting high during the mission? Zero also raised her eyebrows. Seemed like they knew quite a bit about what had been going on and were trying to be tactful, yet keenly interested in what he would say next. Interested in hearing his side of the story, in other words. You weren't mixed up in all of that, were you? Kwong Min then asked with a playful look of concern. Oh yeah, sure was, replied young Min. Right in the thick of it, I have to admit. Didn't try any, of course. I was only a teenager when everyone was using that stuff during the mission to be. They wouldn't let me have any when I was a kid, and when I was finally old enough to try it, I didn't have any interest by then. Weed makes you stupid. I learned firsthand what it did to people and wanted no part. Kwong Min chuckled upon hearing this. Zero, meanwhile, smiled warmly and sipped her wine. It was Zero who spoke up next. Mm-hmm. We know all about that sort of thing here. I know I wouldn't touch drugs either, not after what I saw growing up. She then glanced over toward Kwong Min to gauge his reaction. Kwong Min never took his eyes off his brother, though, just continued to smile and nod patiently, knew his brother was telling the truth and didn't question it for a moment. Of course he would never try consuming marijuana. Young Min was way too smart for that. Yes, he began again. 
Zero and I know quite a lot about things like that. Certainly do. It's not good for you. People don't realize it. It's much like the replicators they have in homes now. Folks don't know the truth about what they're putting into their bodies. It's not really food, and yet they eat it anyway, thinking it's not going to hurt them in the long run. They think it's modern technology. Reality is they're not getting proper nutrition, and their bodies suffer as a result. They're mine too. He took one more sip from his glass of wine and sat back in his chair, leaving the wine glass a quarter full sitting on the table as Maybelline returned to clear off the plates. Melo au pito, Zero said to her as she grabbed dishes and returned to the kitchen. The little Tongan woman smiled and nodded without making eye contact, and as she returned to the kitchen, Kuang Min continued speaking. See, the world is full of all manner of technological advancements these days. Some of them good, many of them bad. People work hard to make ends meet, struggle to better themselves. We see it happening all around us. And yet their lives are directionless and meaningless, at least for the majority. They are poorly fed, from mostly gelatin cubes formed into replicated meals, then fortified with vitamins. But they do get fatigued regardless, almost daily. And stressed. Kuang Min paused for a moment, looking over at Zero, who was nodding back at him approvingly. Emotional stress from day-to-day living, that's what's depressing them, wearing them down, the poor fools. Many don't get enough sleep, worry themselves half to death about the future, never fully contemplating the futility of it all. And when they do, they have to reach for something to try and pull them through, help them cope. He then chuckled callously. And basically, that's where we come in. That last comment piqued young men's interest. It seemed as though Kuang Min had decided to talk about his successful business enterprises. This was what young men had the most interest in. He crossed his arms over his full belly and grinned. Yeah, I've been reading a lot about you since I got back. Seems like you and your company have found a niche for yourselves. Remarkable stories I've read. Tell me about it, please. I've been dying to find out. Kuang Min laughed pleasantly. He was deeply impressed and relieved that his brother was taking a sincere interest in his operation. I'm glad to hear that, brother. Really, I am. Been waiting for years to find you again, hoping one day to be able to partner with you once more, like when we were kids back at the orphanage. Remember those days? Young men laughed even louder. Oh, you bet I do. We were something else, weren't we? He then turned to face Zero and asked her, Did he tell you about some of our adventures growing up? The Jesuit priests we were having trouble with? Then he noticed Kuang Min getting uncomfortable and shifting in his seat. Seemed the topic was inappropriate for the dinner table. So young men decided to skip over some of the more lurid details. Zero, for her part, picked up on the tension in her boss's manner and blinked uncomfortably, looking over at Kuang Min and then back at young men with a half-smile. Yeah, we certainly were clever. Let's put it that way, summarized young men. Had all the boys in the orphanage working for us at one point, before those folks from space program came and took me away, that is. He then snickered awkwardly and let Kuang Min speak instead. Mm Mm-hmm. Those were amazing times, weren't they? And so are these, I must say. You see, today there are millions upon millions of unhappy, unhealthy people out there working and slaving away day after day. They suffer through their lives and just want something to take the edge off, make them happy again, make them relaxed, 
and help with their troubles. Life and all the joys it can bring simply aren't enough for all those poor, naive folks out there who believe their jobs and the hectic schedules they keep are a necessary part of their existence. I recognized this years ago, and when I saw what drug companies were doing as well as the money that could be made, well, that's when I decided upon my present career path. That's how I got where I am, you see. Young men nodded. It was starting to become clear. So you got into selling drugs to them, huh? Asked young men, smiling broadly. Makes sense, I guess. Good money in it, obviously. I mean, well, just look at all this. He gazed around the apartment and made a sweeping motion with his hand to indicate what he was referring to. You're a billionaire now, and it's all because people think they can solve their problems with a pill. Nothing wrong with that. People don't know any better. They just want to be happy. You're only providing them what they need. That sound about right? Kwong Min remained silent, nodding patiently, still looking back into young men's eyes. He was studying him, seeing if this was still the brother he thought he remembered, the one who had experimented with petroleum lubricants and gear grease to develop a substance they could use in entrapping those pedophilic priests back at the orphanage. Back then, they had teamed up to develop a netting, which could contain the delicate material. It could be inserted into the human rectum, wherein it would rupture easily, coating the assailant's scrotum with gooey tar that could not be washed off with mere soap. This served to frame the filthy perverts later, and when authorities seized a suspect, it was essentially an open-and-shut case. Convictions were all but academic for those later caught, and once arrests were made, the assaults promptly ceased. Kuang men and young men were deemed heroes at the orphanage after that, and thereby untouchable. Even the biggest, toughest, meanest bullies in the place wouldn't lay a finger on them. But was young men now a product of the GU, all their systems for turning out bright young individuals into good citizens of the world? Was young men part of that system now, in other words? Or was he a man Kuang men could utilize in his organization? Could the younger-looking sibling appreciate all that Kwong Min had achieved and, more importantly, want to be an integral part of it? This needed to be determined immediately. Kwong Min wanted to know that before anything else. If not, then he'd merely host his identical twin as his honored guest for the next 12 months and send him back to Darmstadt when his shore leave ended. But if so, then he knew he'd be able to cultivate the perfect future business partner to join him in taking Min Pharma Corporation to even loftier heights. After all, in the pharmaceutical industry, it was a well-known fact. When you're green, you're growing. When you're ripe, you're rotting. To keep Min Pharma expanding its empire, he needed to constantly develop newer and more creative products for the masses. Otherwise, his larger competitors would swallow him up like a sperm whale gobbling a school of krill. Young Min was a big part of his plans, assuming Kwong Min could trust him. After all, brother or not, he might just be a spy, an infiltrator. That possibility lingered in his mind. Yes, brother, that is pretty much the size of it, responded Kwong Min, shifting in his chair a bit as Young Min gulped down the rest of his wine and leaned forward. Kwong Min did so as well, mirroring his brother's mannerisms. So... Would you like to know more? He then asked with a glaring look. Are you in or out? He seemed to be inquiring of his twin brother, even though he wasn't coming right out and saying that. Young men nodded confidently. Of course he wanted to know more. It was all too easy to be seduced by his brother's charm and intelligence. Always had been, ever since they were children. Hell yes, 
replied young men. Fill me in, please. Kwong Min smiled broadly, figuring now was as good a time as any. This, after all, was the true test of his brother's sincerity. One flinch, one misplaced comment or averted glance would give it away, and that would speak volumes about young men's true intentions. Indeed, if Kwong Min suspected any hesitancy whatsoever, he'd know not to include his brother in any further discussions regarding his business. It just wouldn't be worth the risk. That would be heartbreaking, of course. It would shatter him, knowing he'd spent so many years longing for his brother's return, only to find him incapable of handling what Kwong Min had in mind. He'd manage. He was a businessman, after all. Perhaps young men could be useful in other ways, sure. However, once Kwong Min got any indication that his brother hadn't the stomach for what Min Pharma was embarking upon next, then all bets were off. Once young men found out about Kwong Min's true ambitions for his company, there'd be no choice but to either make him a full partner in all his operations or dispose of him. Those were the cold hard facts, like it or not. Well then, allow me to enlighten you, said Kwong Min. Please, follow me back to my office, will you? Zero, please join us. Let me show you both something I've been working on today. And when he said this, he rose from the table and the two followed him back into the executive office next door. Zero very carefully pulled the door closed to the apartment so their conversation would be completely private. Kwong Min sat down at his desk and flipped open an electronic pad to scan the palm of his hand. Doing so, the screen on his computer lit up and young men could now see columns of meaningless data, statistics, lab test results, paragraphs filled with complicated, scientific-sounding words and medical terminology. It seemed far too much to take in without someone walking them through it. Subsequently, Kwong Min motioned for the two to sit across from him as he turned the video screen so they could see it. About two years ago, my agents got wind of a new drug coming out of Afghanistan, he began. We've had several suppliers back there we've worked with for many, many years. But through these contacts, we found out about a promising new developmental compound called NMN, nicotinamide mononucleotide. These are the most recent findings I've been reading up on. Go ahead and take a look for yourself. Young men perused the columns of data while his brother continued to speak. Basically, what the drug does is retard human biological processes which are attributed to aging. Decreased metabolism, diminished eyesight, glucose intolerance, things like that. It's been found in clinical tests to significantly slow the aging process in laboratory mice. But recently, it's been secretly experimented on with live humans. Kwong Min continued adjusting the screen for his guests until he was sure they could read it clearly. Now, he continued like a professor teaching a college chemistry class, NMN is a substance produced in the bodies of most living things. It may also be found in a variety of food products such as avocados, edamame, broccoli, cabbage, tomatoes, and cucumbers. Nicotinamide mononucleotide stimulates production of another compound called nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. As our bodies age, we produce less and less of this. Less NAD means inflammation, deterioration of the body, and that's what shortens our lives. Are you following me so far? Young men and Zero nodded enthusiastically. Sounds fascinating, brother, replied young man Joe. 
So how do we, uh, how do we cash in on this? Zero looked over at young men, then back at her boss, smiling. Kwong Min glanced at her briefly, then continued. Well, scientists believe NMN has the potential to, now brace yourselves for this one, but they believe it has the potential to actually extend human life, as experiments on mice have shown that the compound, now produced artificially in laboratories, has the ability to counter declines in metabolism which come into play as we age. They've also proven, as I've been reading here, that the compound activates proteins called sirtuins, whose production decreases naturally due to the aging process. He then cleared his throat before continuing. As you may know, the human body matures and then begins to deteriorate after age 40. Sirtuins function as anti-aging genes in substances such as yeast. And what I've been reading today is that the process, called SIRT1, mediated mitochondrial biogenesis, may actually reduce the production of reactive oxygen species, which you may already know are the root cause of aging. He then paused to let it all sink in. Young Min was impressed. Shaking off his buzz from the wine, he leaned forward in his chair and rested his forearms on Kwong Min's desk. Zero instinctively leaned forward as well, just to get a sense of his reaction. The complicated science and Kwong Min's presentation of the potentialities for the drug didn't really concern her, of course. She only wanted to see if Young Min was buying into it. He most certainly was. Okay, I get it, Young Min proclaimed. We sell a drug like that to people who are afraid of getting old and dying, which they're going to do anyway, but we pitch it to them as, well, I guess we'd pretty much call it a fountain of youth, wouldn't we? Is that what you're thinking, brother? Kwong Min appreciated how fast his twin brother put it together. He also loved how his sibling kept referring to we when describing how Min Pharma would be marketing the drug. Young Min turned to Zero to get her take on things. Or am I getting ahead of myself? Sorry. She only snickered playfully. His enthusiasm was refreshing and welcome. No, replied Kwong Min, leaning back in his chair in a typical business executive's pose, with his fingertips touching and the index fingers about even with his chin. Not at all. That's just what I'm picturing as well. The only remaining challenge is in marketing it to all those consumers out there who are turning 40, 45, 50, and convincing them it actually works. You see, clinical tests and even statistics proving mice lived twice as long in lab experiments, that's not about to sway modern consumers. Human patients reported to have seen significant cell regeneration, maybe even metabolism gains surpassing that of a 30-year-old, even a 20-year-old. They simply won't care. As Kwong Min said all this, he held his hands out, palms up, and shrugged his shoulders. They're jaded now, I'm afraid to say. So many drugs coming out over the past two decades promising this and that. Some do what they say they're going to do, many don't. And many of them come with long-term side effects, which, when detected later on, lead to lawsuits. And we've certainly seen our share of those, as I'm sure you've also read, haven't you? Young men nodded his head and scoffed. You bet. But hey, I guess it kind of goes with the territory, he quipped, quoting an archaic expression from some old film he had seen in the virtual reality chamber during the voyage home. Kwong Men hadn't heard such an expression before, but found it to be charming.
Goes with the territory, he repeated humorously. Yes, I guess one could say that. I'm glad you seem to understand what it's like for us in this business. It's a trade-off. We have to market aggressively and make big promises, all the while knowing very few people will see those outstanding results. Those that don't see those results often turn on us, and unfortunately, sometimes we get sued. That's just the way, well, as you put it, it kind of goes with the territory. Once again, he cleared his throat. <clears throat> but that's basically where you come in, brother, he added. I've been saving this part for last. Only thing is, well, I'm sure you'll understand me when I say this, but I need to make sure that you're all in, as they say in polka. I need to know I can count on you. Young men at first nodded with his eyebrows raised as if to say, of course, but then he got a look of concern on his face. The question about his willingness to cooperate and the implied questioning of his loyalty struck him as odd, not to mention unnecessary. Sure, of course I'm all in. Why wouldn't I be? He asked. Kwong Min stared back at him for a long moment, then looked away like he usually did when talking to subordinates. Because, dear brother, I have a plan for marketing this product, and what's more, it involves you personally. Before I tell you anything more, I just want to make absolutely sure you're on board. You're in space program. You're a part of the system, basically, which oversees and regulates my industry. I probably don't have to tell you, but there are some things we do in business that, shall we say, stretch things. The truth, I mean, as well as ethics. He paused briefly, then looked back into young men's eyes. I trust you, of course. You're my only brother, my only family. Therefore, I don't want to put you in a position where you may feel bothered by things. After all, we don't have GU approval for the distribution of the drug in most countries, meaning we'll be importing it through, well, let me put it this way, non-traditional channels, if you follow me. Hopefully, things like that won't be troubling to you. Young men now began to get the point. Ah, brother, you can count on me, he interrupted. It's sort of like this. Space program took me away from you when I was ten. They sent me up into space and made me an astronaut before I'd even reached puberty. Came back home thinking I was going to be some kind of returning hero. Only no one gave a damn about me when I finally got back. Treated me, treated all of us, like we had the plague back when we were in Darmstadt. Busted us back down to junior offices. Shit all over us. I'm an ensign once again. Left Earth as an ensign. Twenty-four years later, look at me. I'm a nobody. He then shifted in his chair and leaned to one side. Fuck it, is what I say, he added belligerently. I'm back, I've returned, and on top of that, my identical twin is a goddamn billionaire. Get the idea? See what all I missed out on? Seriously, you want to try something? Need my help doing it? Well, brother, you just show me where to sign. Good then said Kwong Min with a satisfied smile, and Zero took the opportunity to pat young men on the shoulder as well, sensing he was getting emotional. She didn't realize how badly he'd been treated by the government. Now she was beginning to see why a loyal officer from space program would have such a determined attitude about starting a new life for himself. Perhaps he'd never go back. Perhaps he'd stay and work with his brother for good. That thought excited her. 
After all, he was terribly appealing looking, even if he wasn't Kwong Min Joe, only looked just like him. What's more, he had the face and body of a 24-year-old version of his twin brother, now 11 years older than him biologically speaking and starting to show his age. Indeed, young Min Joe was practically everything she could have wanted, seven years ago, that is. He was nice, he was interesting, he was confident, a bit naive, but intelligent, innocent yet eloquent. And above all, he seemed terribly interested in her, apparently quite infatuated, it would have seemed earlier, when their eyes first met at the front gate. But alas, there was so much more young men Joe hadn't considered up to this point, during this brief meeting with his crafty twin brother. There were things he wouldn't have any way of knowing quite yet, could never have known really, not from merely reading magazine articles on his famous twin. For his brother was in reality one of the most hated men in the world, certainly within the highly competitive consumer drug industry. To sign on with Kwong Min Joe was like joining up with a bloodthirsty pirate. And this was no campy, overdressed movie version of the real thing, the type of which used to grate on Captain Stater's nerves whenever stereotypes of famous pirates would be portrayed in videos. No, Kwong Min was more like the genuine article, those lecherous, murderous fiends who plied the waters of the Caribbean plundering and scuttling trade ships would have considered him a kindred spirit. Of course, Zero knew what Young Min's brother was truly about. At least she thought she did. She knew many, if not most, of the firm's secrets by now, helped attain several of them personally. And she knew the kinds of enemies he had, knew how the organization operated clandestinely with suppliers and distributors whom Kwong Min Joe had to eliminate or absorb over the years just to develop Min Pharma into a legitimate operation. Indeed, by wiping out redundant layers within his ever-expanding distribution network, he had created quite the squeaky-clean system that today served to hide impropriety from the ever-watchful eye of government authorities. What's more, she knew that along the way he had consequently ruined careers of both officials attempting to regulate his operation, as well as the former heads of drug suppliers or go-betweens, who simply had the misfortune, or lack of common sense, to get in his way. Oh yes, she knew how much he was hated, and by many powerful or once-powerful individuals. That said, she had absolutely no intention of revealing any of this to young men Joe. He'd have to find out himself. So basically, that's what we have to do, concluded Kwong Men. Show consumers how the drug slows the aging process and restores vitality. A fountain of youth, as you put it. An elixir to cure them of their biggest challenge of all, growing old. The one thing they fear most. Long term, well, we don't really know for sure yet, but for 10 to 15 years at least, depending on the individual's health and stamina, the drug will enable people to live far better lives, look much younger, regain muscle tone, be able to handle a heavier fitness regimen, get in great shape once again, and enjoy much happier existence. Once again, young men noticed Kwong Min affecting an Asian accent as he spoke, but the powerful executive still had more to say. And that's not all. Better sexual performance. No need for erectile dysfunction medications anymore. Back pain and arthritis diminishing drastically. Better digestion. Less body fat. Better tone. More alert. No more reading glasses or hearing loss. Stronger endurance, at least for a time that is. Pretty much a brand new you. In one tiny pill taken daily. 
He paused to once again gauge young men's and Zero's reactions. It wasn't like him to speak for such a long time around investors, and when negotiating business deals, he generally said very little. That was one of his trademarks. He was the type who would listen to others speak and study them before commenting or making observations. Meanwhile, Zero continued studying young men carefully, watching to make sure he could handle all this. She knew she needed to have her own take on things whenever Kwong Min checked in with her later, fully expected that the boss would be pulling her aside to glean her opinions. That was to be expected. Feeling like she needed to do her job as security chief, she posed the question to young men in a slightly different manner. How's that sound to you, Ensign Joe? Like what you're hearing? Kwong Min had at this point fallen silent to let her probe while he took over the duties of observing his brother's reaction. Was he to be trusted? This remained to be seen. Young men's response was certainly acceptable enough for the time being. Love it. I think it's brilliant, he stated confidently. Yet she pressed him further, as if to point out that once he'd agreed to participate, there'd be no going back, as if he were joining up with some organized crime syndicate, which was just about accurate. Are you sure? You still think you want in on this? I mean, I'm sure I speak for your brother when I say we'd certainly love having you working with us. He'd love to make you an equal partner someday, I bet. She took a big chance by saying this, but at the moment she felt emboldened. Kwong Min remained silent, emotionless once again, more like she was used to. Just stared at his brother, sizing him up like a high-level job applicant. Yep, replied young Min Joe emphatically. I'm sure. In. I want in. This concludes tonight's podcast of Twin Paradox Chapter 42, All In. I hope you enjoyed it. By the way, that is the last episode of Season 2. Season 3 starts this November. In Season 3 of Twin Paradox, young Min Joe becomes a partner in his brother's rather questionable operation. In the meantime, his friends from the Santa Maria, Ozzy and Shimizo, have become seduced by the allure of the seemingly charmed lives of their world-famous twins. Ozzy trains for and eventually gets a tryout with the Dallas Wranglers, posing as his twin brother, Ranger. Shimizo learns how to impersonate her talented sister, Rudo, on stage. Both get to experience the wild, crazy, and sometimes dangerous lives of their talented siblings. But when kindly Monica Steckel gets word of a new development back in Toronto with Men Pharmacorp, she is compelled to intervene in the lives of the three space twins once more. Seems that Kwong Min Joe is in the process of perpetrating a worldwide fraud, preparing to have his own brother be the fall guy. Ozzy and Shimizo must be called upon to infiltrate the corporate compound and save him. Are they too late? Find out in Twin Paradox Season 3 coming this November. Finally, I am proud to tell you that I'm currently writing an amazing new book entitled The English Waitress. It too will be coming out this fall. Go to www.englishwaitress.com for more information as well as updates. A link can be found in the transcript for this episode as well as a synopsis. Go online and check it out. I'm King Everett Medlin. Thanks for tuning in.